0: Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs Podcast. This is episode 100, 100. <laughs> which we are recording on Tuesday, October 27th, 2015. We have hit triple digits. Very cool. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And what are you wearing?
1: Well, I'm not wearing anything at the moment. Well, she is wearing something, but well, not. <laughs> no. I'm not wearing anything hand knit at the moment. Although, like we predicted, the weather has taken a slight, slight turn. Slight. Very, very slight turn. Instead of being in the 90s every day, we're in the 70s. Woo-hoo! Breathing room. Yes.
0: Well, it was 55 when I went out to go running this morning and it oh, was yeah. almost, chilly.
1: More, yeah, almost chilly. Yeah, almost chilly. We haven't had a freeze, which we normally do by this time of year, at least up until last year. Alas. But, but we are, we're, we're getting down into the lower digits, so we're it's excited about cool that. It's getting cool enough
0: that we've actually been wearing a few
1: hand knits A here few hand knits, yes. yes. Although I'm not wearing a hand knit like I mentioned currently, I have been wearing a few. And one of the sweaters that I wore this week is my Heverly cardigan. Which looked fantastic on her, <laughs> Thank you. By Julia Farwell Clay that I knit just this past July in Dragonfly. Fibers Pixie in the heliotrope color. Heliotrope? I yep. don't know how to pronounce that exactly. I think that that's exactly. right. Oh, it's so pretty. And the Pixie is actually a single ply fingering. One of my favorite bases. Merino, single ply fingering merino.
0: And would you call that kind of a light fingering? Seems a little bit lighter than Tosh Merino light to me.
1: Perhaps it is. And I think I'm it has more really... yardage per skein. Let's see, it has, it does have more yardage yep. per skein. So I think it's just a slight bit lighter. Yeah, 475 yards to 113 gram skein. So it does have a little bit more yardage. So slightly thinner, didn't make that much of a difference to me. I just used it for a fingering weight, and I used, let's see, about 860 yards on my sweater. And the heaverly. I should describe it, is an A-line short-sleeved sweater with a lace yoke. Pretty basic, once you pass the lace yoke portion, it's all stockinette and an edge, a garter stitch edge all the way down. Really easy. Button up fronts. I used tiny little buttons and you knit in buttonholes.
0: Tiny little buttons, wooden buttons that say the yarniac Yarny podcast, podcast on them. Buttons,
1: yes. <laughs> More about that in January. <laughs> and that was great. It was fun. And I really enjoy wearing it. I was wearing it with skinny pants, skinny legged pants. And I thought it looked good. It was really cute over a black
0: t shirt, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. What are the sleeves? What is the sleeve construction on those? It almost seemed like they were puffy. I'm thinking back to
1: what you looked like on Friday. They are a little I liked them a lot. Puffy, and that seems to be more a function of the lace pattern rather than actual built-in puffiness to okay. the pattern. Also, I believe, don't quote me on this, but I believe I made my sleeve a little bit door. shorter. So that may have added to the illusion that it was a little puffy. Okay, Boo is at the door meowing right now.
0: Here comes Boo. Oh, I bet you he's going to come up and sit on my felted bag. I'm going
1: to make it flat for him. So that is Heverly by Julia Farwell Clay. It's a pattern she just released in April of this year. And And how about you? Well, I wanted to
0: comment the reason that I was thinking of the pixie being slightly thinner than Tosh Merino Light is I just swatched with it for Ecuador. Oh. Okay. So I used my Pumpkin Head Pixie that I bought at Stitches. Oh, nice. Oh, it's uh, it's lovely yarn. Isn't so it's it? fresh in my mind it that it's just a little so bit good. thinner yeah. than Tosh Merino Light <laughs> or other single ply fingerings I've used. Like yeah. Western Sky Knits is comparable to Tosh Merino Light in oh. my opinion, and mm-hmm. most of the single ply fingerings I've used are and Pixie is just a
1: little bit thinner. Okay. Just enough for me to notice. Good to know. I like those lightweight yarns. Yep. We <laughs> them a lot. Something to stock up on. So I am wearing,
0: well, it's sitting next to me at least, my finished Duchess of Devonshire shawl, which is a pattern by Kay Jones of the Bakery Bears. And I love this shawl. And I did not know, last week when, or last time we recorded, when Charlene said, oh, those are my colors. I thought she meant... Of course, they're Charlene colors because Charlene loves this logwood like purple and the light gray. Well, what she meant is she literally used these exact (laughs) same two colors in the pendulum shawl, which she has since ripped and used the yarns and other projects. The exact same colors from Neighborhood Fiber Company, Lauraville and Thomas Circle. So when i walked in today she said yeah those are my colors and then i she just you know explained what (laughs) she meant so oh my goodness i literally picked the same exact colors so it's beautiful it's a beautiful color combination and it's the yarn is studio sport by neighborhood fiber company she has since discontinued it as that name and renamed it to studio dk so it's more of a dk weight and the shawl is knit from the top down in sections. A garter section, which I did the light gray, alternating with a lace section. Very simple eyelet lace. And it's so cushy and so comfy and so warm. It's six feet long wow. by, I think it was two and a half feet wide. So it's a very shallow crescent. Boo is leaning his head's
1: on the computer screen. I have screen. To laugh because he's watching you so intensely like he's listening to every word you're saying about your shawl well it might also be because i was
0: petting him and then i stopped to move the shawl around he's like hey wait a second come back here to
1: use his kitty mind control exactly it works too it (laughs)
0: works so back to the shawl it's lovely i really really like it it's just going to be perfect for if you're chilly put it over your shoulders oh and i forgot to say the last part of it is an applied lace edging which means that you're keeping all of your shawl stitches live Oh, I like edgings like that. I do and I don't. They're interminable, is the problem. (laughs) They just seem to never, ever end. So it's a 20-row lace repeat and every other row you're knitting two together. So one Mm -hmm. stitch from your applied edging and one stitch of the live shawl body knit together and that's how it's attached to the edge. So that's perpendicular to the rest of the shawl and it's just a lovely effect. It's kind of a garter with eyelet and points it's just so pretty i really really like it so well done kay very nice pattern it was a very zen knit up till the applied edging and the applied edging Mm -hmm. wasn't difficult at all but you do have to pay attention to your rows because there are 20 rows that you actually have to you know Pay attention to what you're doing as opposed Mm -hmm. to just straight up garter stitch. Yeah. So love, love, love this finished shawl. And there's one other thing. I'm not wearing it at the moment. And actually, Boo was sitting on top of it. Oh, no, it's in my lap. My grandfather passed away a couple weeks ago. And it was not unexpected. It was – you hate to say it's for the best when someone passes away, but I hope you all know what I mean. He was 96 years old, had lived a very, very full life, and he was ready so among all the sad feelings that come along with that my mother it's my mom's dad and she's been really upset and so we had them over for dinner the other night and they left and i was just sad when she left i was really sad then all of a sudden my mom knocked on the front door again and she walks in holding a hat and she said is this your handiwork and i said it absolutely is and she said well you gave this to Grandpa Bob, and I wanted to know if you wanted it back. So she gave me back the four Good hat I knit for him several oh, years wow. ago. It's a pattern by Megan Williams. I've knit several of these. This was in Cascade 220 Quattro, so it's a variegated blue and green combination. I remember that yarn. I bought this yarn so, so, so long ago. I remember that yeah, yarn. Yeah, I had it in stash for years. And my grandfather wore it, so... I've been having a rough week and every time I feel upset or sad or anything, I pick up the hat and I put it on. And I told my mom, I said, I'm never going to wash it. And she had made him a couple Giants, San Francisco Giant colored hats Mm -hmm. because he was a huge Giants fan. And she said, I'm never going to wash mine either. So I'm not wearing it right now, but (laughs) it's just so awesome. So I have the hat. I even left the brim turned up the way he was wearing it (laughs) because he was getting cold in his, you know, he'd get cold. So he wore hats a lot. And this was always by his recliner. So I have my For Good hat back and it's from my Grandpa Bob. So very, very cool. I just had to share that because, you know, with all of our knitting stories, it's just amazing when something comes back to you like that very well loved and it will continue
1: to be well loved nice. so what have you been stocking? only a couple of things like we mentioned a couple of episodes ago we both felt that we had gotten into the accessories a little earlier than we usually do this year and so along that thread i've only been stocking accessories pretty much oh wow you too no, no, not kind of,
0: yeah. No, okay. <laughs> well, the first but one... But it's just unusual that you don't have a single sweater in your stocking no, I list. No,
1: but I only have two things that I'm stocking okay. anyway. The first one is a funny little pattern called Muffetees for a man. <laughs> I have no... I'm not going to ask. <laughs> I have no idea where this word Muffetees come from, but it must be well obviously it's a name for a fingerless glove okay. or a fingerless mitt okay but i don't know where the word muffeties comes from but it's obviously a, a word that has some historical significance it's historical meaning and okay. significance <clears throat> so they're fingerless mitts it's so yes Okay. it's, it's a word that thinking okay it's a word that was used for patterns that were made a long time ago. In fact, if you look on Ravelry and type in the word Muffetees, which I did, there's somebody that has a link to a pattern from, I believe, the 1890s. A woman's version of this pattern. But anyway, the one that brought my attention to the Muffetees is one that was published in Knitting Traditions fall 2015 magazine that's a magazine that's put out by inner and we just got it at the shop where i work and so i was looking through the patterns like you do <laughs> i was looking through and... that as i was talking to you at the shop on friday and this pattern stood out for me simple basic easy it's a fingerless mitt that's knit flat and then you seam it up partially, you leave a hole for the thumb, and then you seam up the top. How basic. Oh, love it. How easy. I think I'm going to make a lot of these, and I think I'm going to make some for holiday gifts.
0: Yeah, those are, it sounds similar to the pattern that I was knitting last year for Christmas gifts That is yeah. such an enjoyable yeah. pattern.
1: And so like I said, I have no idea where the word muffety came from, but there we'll obviously is historical significance to it. And this pattern is by Mary Bush in the Knitting Traditions Fall 2015. And it's got ribbing on the bottom, ribbing on the top, and then I think a seed stitch in the middle. Really basic, really easy. It's even knit in worsted weight cascade 220. (laughs) Fantastic, those will go really quickly. (laughs) They will, they will. So I think I'm gonna try that, get a couple of those on the needles. And then the second thing that I am stocking is a pattern by Melanie Berg. Now, we mentioned Melanie Berg last episode, and since last episode, it it was really interesting because we had just recorded that, and this may have happened even the day that we released it. Somebody came into the store. In fact, this was Maggie's mom, one of our listeners, Green Green Olivine. I met her mom just by chance. She came into the store that I work at, and she brought a pattern and project with her, and she was working on Moonraker, I believe it was, by Melanie Burke. So since then, I had looked it up, and Moonraker is an interesting little shawl or wrap that uses a couple of background colors, and then within the background colors, there are single lined stripes. Oh, that's beautiful. And the little stripes are in... I don't know what kind of a stitch it is but it's some kind of decorative stitch that's really that pretty. It yields a little oval shape i guess i could say and they're in a line of stripes and it's just a very pretty very somewhat different pattern i mean that in a good way yes just because way. there are so many patterns out there now and so this one since it walked into the store and I was helping her pick another color to add into it. I got time to look at it and I really liked it. So that one might be in my future next year. I'm probably not gonna be knitting it any time before the end of the year. But Melanie Berg, I had also stocked her texture is the new black that same week. Publication last episode yeah. too. So she's her designs have been on my mind <laughs> a little bit. Well, in last
0: episode, I talked about starting a very informal three-color shawl mm-hmm.
1: knit-along, yes.
0: which has really taken off in yes. our group. There are a yes. lot of people who are interested, which is fabulous. It is. So this is totally open like our Hito Fude knit-along was, so you can right. join in whenever you want. It doesn't right. matter what you knit. There were you know, questions, can I do a two-color cowl
1: instead? any multicolored thing you want. It's not a formal knit along. It's more of a, let's do this together and support each other and see pretty pictures of everybody's (laughs) projects. There you go, pretty (laughs) pictures are a highlight. So I, in the very
0: first post in that thread, I have started to collect links to different patterns and designers who are very good at their multicolored shawls and accessories. And Melanie Berg is on that list. So, and also, Robbie created a bundle, Photo Knit Gal. She created a bundle for multicolored shawls that she has that is fabulous. Really beautiful shawls. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in joining along on that, please let us know. And we will have a Melanie Berg giveaway soon as well. So, fabulous. So those are the only things I'm stocking. How about you? What are you stocking? Well, I have a combination of stocking and preparing going on. So preparing, meaning I'm preparing for my next sweater knit. Mm-hmm. And I have three sweaters right now that I really want to knit. I've probably mentioned them multiple times. Ecuador by Hojilo Catelli. Hoodie, what's it called? The shawl hoodie cardigan. Let me look oh, up the yeah. exact name. Hoodie shawl cardigan by Suzanne Summer, And then Whip It by Anka Strick. And I've swatched for two of them. So I've swatched for Ecuador in my Dragonfly Fibers Pixie in the Pumpkinhead colorway, which is very orange. So this is my daring going out of my color zone color. And I've swatched for the Hoodie Shawl cardigan. I have a beautiful turquoise. I have a beautiful light gray. And then I have a variegated that just shine together. So I'm, I'm going back and forth between do I go for a solid color? different style for myself in a different color outside of my color zone, or do I go with my standard colors in another design that's unusual for me? So I'm
1: back and forth and back and forth.
0: That's tough. So, like I said, it's stocking and preparing. And I'm also preparing for my three-color shawl. So I've picked the Color Your Shawl design by Suvi Samola, which I talked about on the last episode. I did go ahead and purchase the pattern. I haven't started knitting it yet because I've set myself some knitting goals before I can cast on for the sweater and shawl, but those will be the next two things on my needles. And the other thing I did purchase, because I've gone from stocking to really, really wanting to crochet it, is the Acer Shawl by Joanne Scrace, S-C-R-A-C-E. It is a striped crochet shawl, and I love it. I saw the pictures of it on Instagram, rather than on Ravelry. So I saw it on Instagram and fell in love with it and then went back and bought it. You actually purchase it from ForTheLoveOfCrochet.com, I think is the name of the site. It Mm -hmm. links, you can look it up on Ravelry and it links back to the site. But it doesn't show up in my Ravelry library because you purchase Mm -hmm. it from a different source. Yeah. But it's very simple. I've been crocheting the last two weeks and I can't wait to start the shawl. I had pulled out a bunch of colors To see because you'll see because it's striped and you can use solid some people have crocheted it in a solid color other people have used up scraps and done it that way and that's kind of what i intend to do the pattern is written for fingering and decay and i was going to use am going to use fingering scraps so i had a bunch of colors set out that i thought looked really pretty together and mike and my mom both said no one of those colors doesn't belong and then that threw me off, and I just decided, well, now I don't know what I want to do. So One back to these the drawing board is not like exactly. the other. <laughs> and that was my lovely give me a gumball sparkly variegated from Western Sky Knits oh. that I knit a hat with, mm-hmm. but it has green in it, and mm-hmm. my mom and Max both said the green just doesn't go with all of my mm-hmm. pinks and turquoises and grays. Okay. So, but Acer shawl, it's really cool by Joanne's Grace. So. I've been loving crocheting too. So I know that I'll bet you that I can crochet that shawl in half the time of a knit shawl.
1: Probably. It's that much faster.
0: Yeah. So I'm excited That'll to start fun. that. Yeah. I'll let you guys know as it gets closer. Oh, I know what I forgot to mention when, what am I wearing? I got so excited about my grandfather's hat that I forgot something. Earlier today, I was wearing my very first hand-sewn garment. I only wore it long enough for pictures to prove that I've actually finished it and then I'm going to give it away to someone. <laughs> what was it? Was it the dress? Oh, it's the dress. It's called the date night dress. It's a you pattern don't like by it? No, I cannot stand it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a pattern by April Rhodes. Well, you have to show me. Pictures. I will show you pictures. I will put pictures up in the Ravelry group as well. I just don't like the style on myself at all. You
1: said you didn't like oh, the style before. Oh, it's horrible. You
0: made it yeah i knew that going in i decided to make it anyways because it was a class at a local fabric store so i could learn skills experience exactly and i've learned so i was thinking what did i learn from this one i learned that just like any knitting pattern you have to really think about the pattern you're selecting and how it's going to fit into your existing wardrobe into the fabric. So just like picking a yarn, I picked the wrong fabric. I picked a very, very light cotton. And the teacher even said it would be a good fabric for the dress, but it is so sheer that Mm -hmm. you can't, I mean, I have to wear leggings and stuff underneath it. And it's so light that it doesn't look like it's meant to go with leggings. Mm -hmm. So it looks really silly. I like the fabric. I just don't like it for this purpose. Mm -hmm. So the fabric is too sheer. And it's too light in terms of it doesn't drape properly. This dress really needed more drape and the fabric doesn't drape. So interesting things that I'm learning. And also, oh my gosh, does it wrinkle? I pressed the daylights out of that thing before I took my picture because why would you take pictures of yourself in your hand sewn garment with wrinkles all over it? Well, by the time I had finished getting dressed and put it on, it already had wrinkles in it. So that's how crazily wrinkly this wow. stuff is. 100% cotton. Hmm. So anyway, I learned some stuff and I'm looking forward to my next garment. It will not be the same pattern <laughs> though. So there you go. What I was wearing earlier. And that's it for stocking and wearing. So we wanted to answer some podcast, podcast questions this episode. What I did is I looked through our 100 thread. Thank you all so much for the super sweet comments the really thoughtful questions, I was blown away. And what I did is I put everything into a spreadsheet and organized mm-hmm. it by category so that we could kind of tackle it coherently. And there was one question that stood out more than any other question. And it was, how did we meet and become friends? And it was, it just seemed the right way to start this. And I know we've talked about this before, but go ahead. <laughs> it might mighty, long time ago. Yeah. So we actually met. When our youngest were, no, not even our youngest, your oldest and Josie were in toddler gymnastics class together. I was trying
1: to remember that, too, because my initial initial thought, just like yours, was that, oh, it was the little kids. But then I was thinking, no, it had to have been the big kids. Yes, (laughs) it's the big kids,
0: because our littlest kids were running around together. And that's
1: right, because I used to take... I used to go outside because on, on the yep. park equipment, yep. I used to go outside. I was constantly in and out, and in and out like mamas do. Yep. <laughs> you know, one kid to the other. So, yeah, the facility had a room inside. It's a giant park
0: for our area, really nice facility. And there is a building where you can, they have classrooms and such. And the gymnastics was in the back classroom. Yeah. So the playground was on the other side. And you couldn't watch your child in gymnastics and watch your child in the park at the same time.
1: Thus, the back and forth. So, yeah, I would be going back and forth, which is fine. It was wonderful. It was a, a you know great gymnastics class for the kids. But that's where we met. Yes. Yeah. For the Mighty first time. Them. And then the second time was at the, gym. at the gym so for us the, yeah the, the first time yeah not the kids gym, <laughs> the adult
0: gym so our the children that we're speaking of are now 16 and 15 and they were probably three at the time yeah so 13 years and then the gym was shortly thereafter because i think we were probably both going to the gym already but yeah. hadn't really Noticed each other, right? And I was teaching a spin class, a stationary bike class, and Charlene started to come to my spin class. Yeah, and then it was a group of regulars. It was kind of like the Cheers TV show,
1: but at spin <laughs> at the gym. That's a good comparison. It was everybody because would come we in. had a group, and it was fun. And everybody rolled out of bed to get there at was six thirty in the oh, morning. Six thirty on weekdays. London Weekend classes Wednesday. were later. Yep. The, the weekday classes are before work. Yep, so and it was a solid forward. group
0: of us, yeah. and we even did activities together outside of yeah. the gym. Yeah. So very good group of people, very fun, and that's when we kind of started hanging out together. Right. So, And then that evolved into I found out she was a master knitter. And <laughs> this is all, you know, chatter during a spin class, and I don't know, I probably mentioned something about something I was knitting, and Charlene made a comment. Is probably what happened, it was
1: probably because I remember you had crocheted a lot of um scarves that was and Patty. you would wear. No, you would wear sometimes scarves that you had crocheted, didn't you? One of them was one that Patty crocheted for me, oh, I used to wear okay. it all the time. Oh, okay, so <laughs> another one meant, of the regular I thought you spin. Meant Patty was wearing it, no, no, but she okay. had it for so me, so that may have spurned it, the probably. conversation too, but yeah. I don't know. But something got us started, and ever since then, we've just can't stop talking knitting. (laughs) (laughs) We've never been able to stop talking about knitting, and it's
0: funny because even when I lived in France for two years, so I lived, we moved over to the Silicon Valley for a year to prepare for France, and so we were gone from Santa Cruz for, for three years, and Charlene and I emailed each other incessantly. It was With the time difference, I would email her while she was asleep, and then I'd wake up and I'd have the return email from her. So there was a constant interaction and almost always about knitting. Yeah,
1: I would even go so far as to say that we became almost better friends when you were in France Yep. because, it sounds silly, but because we were in constant communication when somebody lives so close you're not always talking to them all the time because you think oh i'll see them at the gym or i'll see them in a couple days but when gail was in france it was everyday constant communication yep. you know, that was really fun <laughs> it was i enjoyed fun. it i i would wake up and look forward
0: to seeing your replies And <laughs> i remember that too and ravelry was already around so there was a lot of knitting right. talk to, mm-hmm. or knitting chatter on email to be had and i remember you guys even sent flat stanley to us Oh, yes, that's right. (laughs) Flat Stanley stayed with us in France for a while. That's right.
1: One of my boys had a Flat Stanley project where they mailed out Flat Stanley's for photos of where Flat Stanley could be around the world. (laughs) I remember (laughs) that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So one of the questions was actually, Related to do our
1: families hang out together
0: and not that much. We do occasionally with other
1: friends I think we used to more often when the kids were younger Yeah, our kids have never been into the same stuff though. So yeah, it just was never a natural fit. It's always been more You and I and other friends getting together and then our families come along for the ride (laughs) Exactly. So when there is interaction,
0: it's more just coincidental. Yeah, So.
1: we have had I, I would say less of that in the last year yes than we, for used sure. to. we used to get together more often and we're becoming that, hermits we're becoming her- well and also the <laughs> kids as they get older yes. they've just got their own lives for sure and not their own lives but you know they've got more activities and they're just everybody's busy yep and now with <laughs> Josie
0: with her driver's license she has even more reason to be busy so yeah it's pretty exciting <laughs> so that's how we met and we've become friends and remained friends all these years because we have a ton of things in common. Obviously we yes. both go to the gym, we have kids the same age, we have knitting, we have just all sorts of things that we never run out of things to talk about. No. <laughs> we love to go shopping for clothes and shoes and purses together and drink our boba tea together and yep. yep, super fun stuff. So there we go. And one, I have to mention one of the comments that just struck me as being the heart of the Yarny X community Suzanne, who is so runnit, said, "We've been friends for a long time, friends in quotes." Like everybody in our group has been yes. friends for a long time, and it's yes. true. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah. Yep, you Definitely. and I longer than the group, but it's a it's a natural extension of
1: ourselves. Definitely. As cheesy as that sounds. And then you mentioned shopping,
0: so oh I feel goodness. like
1: there was a question in here. Somebody did ask if we planned. Oh, yeah, I think that was Our Amy, maybe. outfits, like if we went shopping specifically with Our an knitting. outfit in mind or a sweater in yeah. mind. And I don't... We really, should, but we don't. We should, but we don't. Yeah, I, I tend to go through color phases. And I'll think of maybe colors that I've been knitting in. And maybe I want pieces to match that. But part of that is that Dale and I are both really casual people. Very casual. We're both
0: wearing (laughs) different variations of gray t-shirts right now. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So we're both pretty casual. So there's not a lot of outfit planning that has to go on for our lifestyle right now.
0: (laughs) It's funny because I have two friends who are super duper high fashion and we were running today and one of them was talking about her trip to New York last week where she was at the Ralph Lauren store. And her friend had gift certificates, but realized very quickly that you can't buy anything with a real gift certificate at the Ralph Lauren store because everything's like $1,500 and above. And my eyes almost rolled into the back of my head. $1,500 for a pair of pants. So they went to the polo store down the street, which had much more reasonable prices and much more appropriate clothing for the woman they were shopping for so know. that's the different level of shopping yeah. that charlene and i are not a part no. of no no we go to marshall's <laughs> and things like that and look at all the cool things and you yeah. know twenty dollars a
1: top, definitely like, what a score right on definitely yeah
0: but yes that's our shopping together yeah. too we love it it's always fun to sneak away and you know, oh, let's go shopping and have a boba tea. Right. Right on. <laughs> and that actually is a good progression into what are we knitting?
1: Because this is what we talk about all the time and text it about is. at night and... Our people have asked how we conceived the podcast. In fact, several people asked how we conceived the podcast. And the podcast is a direct outcropping of our conversations yep. that we started years and years ago at the gym Our conversations would be what you hear on the podcast. Exactly.
0: (laughs) We have to not talk before the podcast. (laughs) Did you see this great
1: new pattern on Ravelry? Did you see so and so's pattern? Or we need to go to this store. You need, you need to try this yarn. This yarn is so nice. Exactly what you hear on the podcast is exactly what we talked about. (laughs) So the conception of the podcast, if you want to call it that, we just, kind of changed venues and stuck a microphone in front of ourselves. Yep. I have been <laughs>
0: recording audio for work for years and years and years. So I have the the equipment right. slash microphone right, and knew how to use the software. So that
1: was a natural extension of the work part right. for and, me. And for me, I work in a yarn store and I teach classes. And that was kind of an extension, or the podcasting was kind of an extension of my ability to teach and share information with people. Yeah,
0: you have the expertise. So, yeah. the you want call it that. I <laughs> do. As a master knitter, you're my go-to for any knitting question that I have. You've, you've saved me from many, many, many a snafu. Many, many. And then the other thing, so back to the France. And someone asked a question about France, and I'll answer that in the thread. But when I returned from France, it felt kind of stagnant here. The, living in France every day was an adventure because I didn't speak mm-hmm. French very well. And every day was just kind of a challenge. And then you get back to your native country and there's just no challenge anymore. And my friend Melissa and I were running and she said, she's a goal person, very goal oriented. And she said, well, what are your goals for the future? And I just kind of looked at her like, What? And so we talked about goals a lot, and she was encouraging me to do something outside of work and outside of home and everything. And she said, well, you love to knit. Why don't you write knitting articles? I'm like, eh, you know, I write at work. I don't really want to do that. And then Charlene and I had been kind of, you know, just mentioning here and there a podcast and I remember saying something to Melissa about it. She said, why don't you try that? So it was like, okay, here we go. Let's do it. It shouldn't be just an idea that we talk about for years. I mean, we talked about it for a long time. We talked
1: about, I, I would say, probably almost a full year. We kind of joked mm-hmm. about it. We should do this. We should do this. And then January, December, January rolled around, and we said, okay, let's do it. Yep, We're it's starting, a new year. We're starting in January, and no hesitation. We just jumped right into it. Yeah. And that's how it all started. Humbled our way through and now we're at 100. Yeah.
0: I think also the France thing, listening to American podcasts when I was in France about knitting really helped me feel less homesick. So Mm. I had listened to so many that it just felt like the right thing to do.
1: So that's how it all started. (laughs) So knitting, you asked. Yeah, what are you knitting? I was knitting. I've got two things going right now. I can't remember if I had started my Newsome. No, you had time. not. I don't think I had. No. So Newsome is a cardigan, open front cardigan by Bristol Ivy. Is at... that the one where her picture looks like you? Yes. That's, that's the sweater. If you look at the pattern page, it could be Charlene wearing the sweater. It's, it's not, not when this pattern came out. That this was the pattern that you said you glanced at one morning, and you thought I had tested it and yeah. put up pictures. Yeah, I hundred <laughs> percent thought it was you. It's, it's the, the same like white background. Yeah. And of and your garage. And, and the it's the hair. Yes. The girl has definitely curly the hair. hair. So Newsome, I I had saw this pattern when it first came out, and I had been wanting to knit it, but the impetus really came when somebody else at the shop that I work at. Came in and she was going to be starting it too. So I immediately got out my yarn, wound my yarn because I thought, well, it's going to be a little informal knit along. Ooh, Between who else the is two knitting of us, Alice it? at the store. Nice. So that was kind of my impetus. She was knitting it, and now I'm knitting it, and it and it'll really it'll become a viral knit at the store. That's how it <laughs> happens there. Everybody
0: sees it and wants it for their own.
1: Yeah, it's. Really fun. I've been really drawn to Bristol Ivy's designs over the past year. And let me just read her description of Newsom. Newsom is a lightweight play on mitered shaping, a little fun, a little quirky, and all in a simple, clean, and effortless package. And I have to say, effortless is the key word to this, and also fun construction, because you know how I like different construction. So this pattern is somewhat knit in pieces. I'm on my second sleeve. I've already got the first sleeve knit. Oh, wow. You're fast. And then you start the body with the back and you start at the bottom. So I've got a bit of the back knit too. Oh, wow. And then at some point it's all going to be joined together. And I believe the fronts are knit very last. Interesting. It's interesting construction. Very different. Not quite like anything I've done before. I've done bottom-up sweaters in pieces before, so not totally different, but enough uh, different enough to keep my interest. And it's really fun. And I don't know for some reason it seems to be going really fast. It is going I don't know quickly. Why. You just started that
0: about a week ago, <laughs> I right? did,
1: but it's this isn't that big of a piece. The back isn't very big so far. I think there's still a lot more. I I don't even think I've gone through half the yarn yet. So there's a lot that still needs to be done.
0: Well, you're cruising, though.
1: I'm cruising because the sleeves are small.
0: (laughs) You know, Bristol Ivy's patterns, a lot of them have unique construction,
1: don't they? Mm Mm-hmm, they do. Yeah. Yeah, which is why I've I've been drawn to them. So that was Newsome. The second thing that I am working on is my secret garden shawl for the secret garden knit-along. And this shawl is so fun just because the yarn is so fantastic it feels so good going through my fingers oh, i love and that I sensation was, yes i was a little stalled out on it because i needed another needle and i finally got the longer needle that i needed so i'm going to get back working on that one again too and it's really fun because in our ravelry group there have been folks that have been commenting on the book uh huh A lot of people are reading or rereading the book, commenting on that and other projects that they're knitting. Because if you recall, the Secret Garden Knit Along is for not, not only the shawl, but any project that reminds you of the Secret Garden book. And the official Knit Along group is in the Little Skein in the Big Wool group on Ravelry.
0: Actually, let me look up the name of the group. That's not what it's called because I remember searching for
1: it. Oh. It is called Thank you. Knit along
0: with Little Skein. Okay. So Little Skein in the Big Wool is the name of Anne's store mm-hmm. and Knit along with Little Skein is the name of the sh-
1: the group. Yeah. So I hope to be make some significant progress on that in the next couple of weeks.
0: And I'm going to wait to cast mine on until a little while after you are done, because the knit-along goes through the end of the year. Yeah. And I thought it would be more fun if we weren't actually knitting it together, because <laughs> then it would get boring for everybody listening.
1: Okay. So what? those are my two things. What are you knitting?
0: I'm knitting on Mike's sweater right now. And I mentioned a few minutes ago that I have knitting goals for the month before I cast on all the new things. (laughs) And I am working on the fronts of Mike's sweater right now. And I am almost to the underarm where I get to begin the decreases. It's a bottom-up design in pieces. And the back is complete. The fronts will be complete, hopefully, by the end of the month. And then I will work on the sleeves two at a time, flat. So they are seamed as well, and it looks like you're alternating skeins. There. I no, it's two. I'm it's two pieces. So the two fronts. So I have two skeins oh, of yarn, one well for I each front.
1: Yeah. Yarn. Okay.
0: So I didn't have to alternate for the fronts. I didn't
1: realize and, you had two there.
0: Yeah, it's not using nearly as much yarn so far as I thought it would. So I think I'm going to have some yarn left over to knit myself a beautiful dark, dark navy accessory. Oh, nice. And I'm super happy to be making progress with this. Now that it's not quite as hot, especially in the evenings, the yarn feels good in my hands again, and it's just a really enjoyable knit. I'm enjoying it a lot. The yarn is Madelintosh Air Light, E-Y-R-E, and it's just so pretty. It's a super dark navy but little tiny blips of lighter blue here and there not a speckled yarn by any sense but it's just it's really nice and it's going to be so soft and delightful and i know he'll wear it every day it will need to be depilled on a regular basis because it is single ply and Mm -hmm. you're wondering why i would pick a single (laughs) ply fingering for a man's sweater it's because he loves the look of this yarn i have some sweaters knit out of it and every time i wear them he says wow that yarn is awesome so that's what he gets. It's, <laughs> nice. I mean, I'm not going to knit in sweaters very often. So when yeah. I do, I'm going to make them out of a yarn that he really likes. Yeah. So this is the first thing I'm knitting. The second thing I'm knitting is a pair of socks because it's Socktober. So I cast on, let me look up the name of the pattern. It's a Wendy Johnson pattern that is free. And it's called Toe Up Socks with Gusset Heel. And the pattern is written for sport weight yarn, and I'm using DK weight. I'm using my White Birch Fiber Arts in the Electric Slide colorway. It is so pretty. It is striped, self-striping, and it goes one round of black and then a section of gray and one round of black and then a section of turquoise blue that starts dark, gets lighter, and then gets dark again before it does it all over again. It's so Mm -hmm. pretty. And I am... The goal of these socks is to be the slouch socks. Did you ever wear those in the 80s? Slouch socks. I really want a pair of slouch socks to wear around the house. So Mm -hmm. that's the goal. I'm on the first sock. I am past the ankle. So I've knit the whole foot, their toe up. I've knit the whole foot. I've done the heel. And I'm starting to go up the leg. And I'm debating whether it's smarter to add stitches and or increase needle sizes as I go up my calf. Because Mm -hmm. they're going to be long. And I have the calf of a spin instructor. So (laughs) my calves are not small. So I need a sock that's going to, you know, I don't want it to stand up and stay up. I want it to slouch, but I don't want it to be so loose that it's silly. So I'll have to get your opinion on that before I leave. I think it's out in my car. But I'm loving the knit. (laughs) And with all the sporting events my kids have been doing, it's socks are the most fabulous portable projects. I mean, I know you've said that before, but I've never realized how delightful they are. And once the first sock is done and I know all the numbers, you know, how many rows I need to do for the foot and blah, 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 then the second sock will just fly because right now I'm trying it on a lot and I'm keeping diligent track of the numbers. And I know exactly where I want the color to start on the second skein so that I have, you know, I want my socks to match, which is silly because they're going to slouch, so who's going to (laughs) know? But I really just want those slouchy 80s type
1: socks. Yeah. So what kind that. of needles are you using?
0: I'm using a circular needle, a, a very small diameter circular oh, needle. Oh, Yeah. Okay. And I did the cast on. The cast on's a Turkish cast on, which I'd never done before. And I did that on a long circ. So mm-hmm. it was almost like a magic loop type of start. Mm-hmm. And then I transitioned that onto DPNs until i got all the stitches increased so that i could put it onto the small circ Mm -hmm. so i just fly around it goes really quickly
1: yeah i don't think i can use those small circulars well socks they hurt my hands it does start to hurt my
0: hands if i do it too much so switching back and forth between the socks and mike's sweater and i was before i'd finished the shawl it was good to get different size yarns and needles in my hands yeah that's true yeah and then the crochet so i picked back up my painted pixels blanket so i started that last oh, october nice. i didn't even that was just a coincidence that it's been a year but they are little flower motifs in crochet and i'm using all of my dk weight scraps so basically I had knit about 20, not knit, I had crocheted about 20 of these little tiny motifs. They take me about 10 or 15 minutes to do a motif. So it's going to take forever to weave them all together, (laughs) but that's in the future. So I now, I think I've done another 20 or so in the last week. It was just a nice transition between, okay, I can't see these dark stitches on Mike's sweater at night, Mm -hmm. so I need to work on something else. Oh, why don't I... Pick up that crochet project,
1: so that's been really fun too. So I like crochet for a, Ooh, a travel, change. a carry around. Oh yes, project. there's something that's just so simple about it as compared to knitting. You don't like when you said socks were a good travel project. As long as you're not working on, well, some people can use DPNs. But when I'm sitting up in a bleacher, which I often am for basketball games, I'm always afraid I'm going to drop a DPN. So that's why I asked what kind of needles you were knitting on. But crochet is really good for carrying around because you're you're not switching needles, so you're not afraid you're going to drop it. I don't know. I like it. And I was crocheting at Max's
0: track meet last week, Mm. and I did, I don't know, four of them just sitting there because, yeah... yeah, I can't crochet those without looking. Mm -hmm. So, stockinette knitting I can do without looking. Mm -hmm. But I can't crochet without looking. So, that's one difference. When I think portable, I think also something that I don't have to be looking at. Mm. So, that would be the only difference for me. But it was great because since I'm just using leftover bits I just have this really small little project bag thank you Marianne I love it and it fits I just took it straight home that day put this project into it immediately with the bits of yarn and it's perfect it's just a little bag that sits in my purse and it's super portable and easy and I can I have a glass mason jar that I'm putting all of the motifs into when I'm done oh, so nice. it sits on my desk and it has all these pretty colors growing. in it now yeah, yeah it's full
1: okay <laughs> so
0: that's been fun yay so that's what I'm knitting and
1: crocheting. Okay.
0: So do you want to answer a couple more questions before yeah. we wrap we up?
1: talk about some podcasting questions. Yeah, maybe? we
0: broke it up into, into categories. We have personal questions, podcast questions, knitting, and pattern and yarn. So we were going to do the podcast questions yeah. today. So Let's we already described some. how we got started.
1: How has podcasting changed your approach to knitting, if it has? Ah, what was your answer to that? I wanted to hear what you had to say i would say my first initial thought was that if anything it has exposed me to more sweaters i want to knit (laughs) (laughs) so i still knit what i want to knit but i do try to find something interesting or something unique or even a teaching point in each project that I have so while it hasn't necessarily changed what I knit perhaps it has changed the way I think about the projects whereas I used to this Newsome sweater for example it, it's a cool construction <coughs> interesting knit right up my alley the kind of thing I I'd love to knit but I'll I'll just think more, I'll think about how to share the interesting construction with the podcast, that kind of thing. So, yeah, it hasn't changed what I've knit, but I definitely think more about each item and how I can share something about that with listeners. And you do that
0: very well, like when you were knitting with it, you were talking about how you made it easier to follow the pattern because the pattern was so spread out on different pages and you oh had to my. look back and forth. You do that
1: very well. You do pick the teaching points out for the rest of us. Yeah, I try to. Try to. Because I, I feel like every knitter comes up with their own little fixes that is helpful to them. And probably every listener has their own little fixes too that would be great if they all shared those with us.
0: (laughs) Oh, here's a good one. So this chatter was just happening in the informal three-color shawl knit-along thread. Robbie, and I think it was probably Laura, Laura Knits PA, were talking about ways to remember make one right and make one left.
1: Oh, yeah. And, oh, and Kelly, shorty sutures. I've, I've read about these phrases in several places, so I think a lot of A lot of people are using them. Why don't you go ahead? Yeah, and
0: people have learned about them in different ways. Mm -hmm. So make one right. You lift the stitch from behind. So the saying is to remember is, I'll be right back. Like you're walking away from someone, I'll be right back. Mm -hmm. So right, you pick up from the back. And the other one is, if you're doing a make one left, you pick up from the front to the back. And Robbie pointed out the phrase, I left. The door open i left the front, the front door, door open. open there we go left front so you go in through the front so i'll be right back for make one right needle goes from the back i left the front door open is make one left you go through the front door. yeah that's awesome yeah because <laughs> i used to have to look those up every single time for years i looked those up until i heard i'll be right back that was the only way i ever Finally remembered Mm -hmm. the difference. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. I love little tips like that. I love little tips like that. So keep sharing. (laughs) Yeah. So has anything changed? So I gave this question. I gave the question a lot of thought, and. It was clear just
0: from what you said just now, and I knew this was gonna be true, that you are not only a product knitter, but a process knitter. You like the process of different mm-hmm. constructions and things like that.
1: Very much so.
0: I am 100% a product knitter. Yeah. I will do an interesting construction if it's part of a sweater I want, but I won't seek out a sweater for its interesting construction. So I was thinking about the question, and I think that it hasn't changed how I knit. Like you said, it hasn't mm-hmm. really changed how you knit, but it's increased all my normal tendencies. So my normal tendencies are to finish things, and I'm always driven to finish something before a podcast because I want to be able to share you something. You are
1: yes, and I have to say, of the two of us, Gail is much more driven to finish things for a podcast, or even in Nitelong, alongs you guys have heard about our difference in terms of how we approach Nitelongs. Gail is much more apt to find the knit along helpful and spur her along in a project with the knit along too. I think it's my over obsessive type A personality <laughs> and my
0: goal-driven nature is what does it. But that, that tendency to finish things and be goal-driven is intensified by the podcast because I want to have things to talk to you guys about. So I think that's the only way that my knitting has really changed. And I would have to say also that it has increased the different things I want to knit because I see what all the rest of you are knitting. I think that's a natural outgrowth of Ravelry in general and my increase in knitting skills in general, but also, you know, you see something amazing that someone's knit and you're just inspired to want to do it.
1: Absolutely. So, so one of the questions that I wanted to make sure we answered and had time for was what has podcasting brought to our lives that we weren't expecting. (laughs) I love that one. I like this one too, and I'm willing to bet that we have similar answers. (laughs) I think you're probably right. My one word answer, community. Yes, exactly. I knew the knitting community was pretty awesome before we started podcasting, but what has happened with our Ravelry community has floored and astounded me and pleased and made me happy. I can't express what a wonderful community and what a wonderful group of folks have joined our chat group on Ravelry. It's just amazing and it's so wonderful. (laughs) I feel exactly the same way.
0: I never would have expected to to find so much joy in our podcast. I knew I'd enjoy doing the podcast I didn't expect a joyful
1: feedback from the community, that
0: type of holistic wonderfulness that has evolved from it.
1: When you start a podcast, you don't know if you're going to end up talking to five or 500 people. You just don't know. And Gail and I have been fortunate enough that the audience has grown to support this really nice chat group on Robble and 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 the fabulous people
0: who listen to us who don't even chat. Right. Yeah. I mean, it just, it makes me happy every single day. Our podcast makes me happy every single day. So thank you very much. (laughs) Because
1: without you guys, there wouldn't be
0: a podcast. We would just be sitting here talking about knitting.
1: (laughs) There have been so many times where Gail and I, we text back and forth a lot. So many times... A conversation some one little item will come up about knitting or something that happened in our chat group or a new pattern or anything something will come up and we'll just one of us will say it we'll say I love our podcast
0: <laughs> <laughs> and here is a funny story I was chatting texting back and forth with Shasta of Shasta Daisy Knits and <laughs> I had, you had texted me, I love our podcast, and I responded, me too, and I accidentally sent it to Shasta (laughs) instead of to you, so I had to explain to Shasta, sorry, I was just telling Charlene, you know, I told her what I, how, what I responded to, and so she sent back, me too, (laughs) it was so fun, and so so cute, cute. it was awesome, that's so cute, so yes, you guys bring us a ton of joy that I never would have expected, that's the most fabulous outcome ever of this. Mm -hmm. And it's something I look forward to every other week recording. You know, all through the two weeks, I'll think of things, oh, I should mention this, or, oh, I have to
1: tell Charlene that, or. Yeah. So somebody asked something about expectations. Have our expectations been exceeded? Absolutely yes. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Well, and I would say, I don't even know what
0: expectations I had I mean, I expected just to sit down and try it and see how it went, mm-hmm. but I didn't think we'd still be doing this four years later. I
1: didn't think so either. Although I have to say, we were so naive and didn't know what to expect. We we didn't talk about how long do we want to be doing no, this for. No, not call. at we, all. We didn't make a plan. We had no exit strategy. <laughs> we, <laughs> We just sat down no, in front of a microphone and, and talked. And so, we, that's what
0: we do every time too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have show notes. Oh, and I'm using my super cute new notebook that I got in Happy Bay that day. We have our show notes, so we know what we want to talk mm-hmm. about, but we just chat, you know? Yeah. And it's
1: fabulous. It is fabulous. But
0: we do have some goals. We we do strive to be consistent. We try, you know, it's, it's our goals. We, our, as podcasters, it's our goal to make sure every other Friday Saturday, if we have technical issues, Grr. but
1: generally every other Friday we want a podcast. Yeah, out there. consistency we try for. We sound is a big issue of mine. I don't like listening to podcasts that have less than good quality sound. So we're always striving to improve or keep our sound at a good standard. We like to have just consistency. Between episodes as well. And if you're a new listener, I have to apologize because this is not a normal episode. Not at all. (laughs) Not at all. We don't
0: usually answer questions like this. This is the first time we've ever taken questions, not because we didn't want to answer them, just because we just had never done it. Right. But also, we always strive to make sure that we're including some kind of
1: quality knitting content. We try to. We absolutely try to. We now have an editorial calendar that we work from we have topics that we like to cover we have regular features that we like to add in and we're trying to be professional a little professional about it yeah. I guess I should say just so that we always know what's coming up and we can plan accordingly
0: and there are new things coming up next year so maybe some new regular segments and who knows what else yeah I had uh, just as we were talking we were talking before the podcast, and during the podcast, I was thinking, oh, I have another idea for a series. Oh, good. So, good. The series have been really fun, too. A lot of people yeah. have asked what our favorite episodes and things have been, and I'd That's say the series true. are some of my favorites. Yeah.
1: yeah, and I'm ready for another one.
0: Yep, me so, too. Yeah. And one of my favorite episodes, that was the big question, too, favorite episodes, One of them was our fails, our knitting fails. Our knitting
1: fails, yeah. That was fun. We'll have to do that again. Yes, because I haven't (laughs) run out of them. (laughs) No. I don't think as a creative person we will ever, as creative people, we will ever run out of fails. No. (laughs) But that's good because then you're always learning. Right. Yep. So. So I think that's about it for this episode. I know there were a lot more questions And don't be surprised if you hear some of those questions come up in future episodes, because some of them are topics that I think we're going to grab hold of and do something with. That was my stomach.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we're going to turn some of those questions into future episode segments and there's, like I said, I created a spreadsheet. So we will be readdressing them. If we didn't answer your question today, don't worry. We will answer it in the future in one way or another.
1: And something that I just wanted to reiterate, I know we've said this before in our Ravelry group when we chat, but when we conceived of the name, the Yarniacs, the Yarniacs podcast, if you notice, there's no apostrophe in there. So it's not just Gail and my, it's podcast. not, our possessive, it's not podcast. our possessive, podcast. The Yarniacs podcast is a podcast for everybody. And if you're listening, you're probably a Yarniac too. So <laughs> it's, it's true. It's our po- It's all of our podcast, And when people contribute with comments or questions, chat in the group thread, that's how it becomes all of our podcast. And that's the part that really brings us the joy, too, because
0: we have joy just sitting here chatting with each other, of course, (laughs) because we're besties. But when we hear back from
1: you, it really makes us happy. And we really like to have topics that you want to hear about. Yeah, so So let us know. There's
0: more you want to hear about in addition to the fabulous questions. Let us know because you never know when you're going to hear about it on the podcast.
1: (laughs) Or we'll be texting about it if nothing else. (laughs) Yeah. And so thank you very much for listening through to the very end. Thank you. And listening to all hundred episodes. All if, you hundred episodes all, if you have listened to them all. And yes. if some of
0: you have told me you've listened to them more than once yeah. too.
1: Yeah. So bravo. If you've listened through to the end, I am going to be putting two threads in our group for this episode for two prizes that we're going to be giving away. One of them is the top down book from Elizabeth Doherty and one of them is a pattern from Melanie Berg who you have heard us stalking recently and Melanie contacted us and offered a pattern for giveaway and the reason we're going to start two threads for these is because we want to make sure that both these prizes go to people who really want these prizes because the top down book
0: top down
1: reimagining set in sleeves that's right it's it's for sweater knitters so if you're interested You can go there, put your name in, and same with the Melanie Berg pattern for the three-color shawl knit-along. Melanie has a lot of self-published patterns that are two and three colors. Yes,
0: and she also has sweaters and hats and such. Yes. Yes.
1: So lots to choose from. Yes. So go ahead and enter that, and we'll do a drawing next episode.
0: Right. So it will be for our next episode. So... Approximately two weeks from today, which is the 27th, we will close those threads so mm-hmm. that we can draw. Yeah. So, thank you so, 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 so much for being part of our podcast. We really appreciate it. And we look forward to maybe a 100 more.
1: <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine? Like we said, we still have no exit strategy. No exit strategy. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Happy knitting. Bye. Bye-bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniax Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley.